Previously on that Cthulhu John. What's going on? What is this? It's from um, that play that I was working today. I kind of stole it. It's not mine. It's the director's. Oh boy. The symbol was in there. He told me I was never supposed to see it. And then he put a spell on me. And now it doesn't happen anymore. He's got to be some type of like witch man or something. I think it's time to visit Lenny. You hop in Walter's Pinto and drive over to the hospital. Doctor comes in and goes, oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't realize you had company. Mr. Cobb, your joint slipped out, twisted around. We were able to reset it in its original position. Should be able to go by tomorrow night. You hear the doctor down the hallway go, yes, officer, uh, they're right in here. And in steps Detective Thompson. When was the last time you talked to Chucky? I did hear his voice. But, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure that it's Chucky. You know, if I can get to you, that means they probably can, too. You drive by Heather's house, you do not see Ginger's car out front. I'm gonna run up. I just want to check my messages. You hear Ginger go, Heather, Professor Bradshaw's really freaking out right now. You didn't happen to leave here with some book, did you? If you did, just bring it back, please. Thanks for joining us for That Cthulhu John, episode 36. We are a real play called Cthulhu Podcast. I am George, your keeper of arcane lore. And with me are my friends and investigators, Chad. Purple Bigelid Alam. Chuck. I'm in the pipe, five by five. And Jenny. Hi. Yep, got him again. Works every time. So when we last left off, uh, we left Lenny in the hospital after Detective Thompson had visited him. Lenny right now is holding on to the cane yellow tome that was formerly in the possession of Professor Bradshaw. You guys had the book, went to the bookstore, looked through it, then visited Lenny in the hospital. Yeah. I wanted to see if I could find the spell to maybe take the spell off of ginger but it was kind of just like gibberish to me because i was in a trance when he took the spell out of me right i was curious and i have a lot of free time so uh, i figured i would check out this book for him all right but the important thing uh when you got home heather there was a message on the answering machine from your roommate ginger saying that bradshaw was flipping out because he couldn't find his book i know i know I have no idea what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I guess I can go back out to the car, grab some clothes and some PJs for me and Walter's slumber party. Okay. So you're just going to go crash at Walter's place? Yeah. All right. So, Walter, Heather comes back out. It's like, uh, what happened? Was your roommate there? Um. No, she wasn't there, but I had a message. Uh, it's bad. She uh, was just saying he was screaming in the background. I could kind of hear him, but I couldn't make out what he was saying. And she said if I took the book, some book, which she didn't seem to know what it was, that I should bring it back. Uh, I don't know. She sounded pretty scared. Well, maybe we should just get out of here then. Yeah. He floors it, does a little donut in the parking lot before they leave. That's not true, but... uh, (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. That's not Walter. I feel like he thinks about it, though. Oh, yeah. Probably every time he starts the car and takes off for anything. So you guys head over to Walter's house, head in, and what do you guys do there? Just go to bed? or? Actually, I was kind of thinking when we pull up, maybe just kind of case the block. Look like that brown uh, Mercury's out here, or Marquis, was it? I'm sorry. Oh, the brown Ford Mercury Marquis. No, you don't see one of those around. You do see one car parked out front of Lenny's house, and it has the engine running. Mm. 
Well, that doesn't look good at all. Look right where they're parked. Oh. Uh, is the door still open, or was that the back door you said was open? The back would have been open. Interesting. Well, at least somebody's watching it. It's safe. Well, uh, they don't have any reason to suspect us, to the best of my knowledge, so I guess let's just play it cool. And he shrugs. I mean, did they see you at the accident? I mean, they could have, but I think they had bigger things on their mind. Uh, Lenny kind of, I don't know, he went primal on them. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to go over? They don't know me. I won't go in. I'll just like walk by real casual. I, I don't think we should go anywhere near there. If that car over there belongs to some of the people that were after Lenny before. Yeah, you're right. But we probably should keep an eye on him. We could probably do that discreetly from the house. I don't know. You two don't really uh, definitely ooze discretion. So he makes the get on out. I am cool as a cucumber. It's been proven every spot hidden that I've ever rolled. Every time. That's true. I saw them. They were all crits. So you guys just try to play cool and go into Walter's house? Yep. Lock the door behind me. Both of them. And you guys are in there. What do you guys do from here? Anything you want to accomplish before bedtime? Uh, as well, uh, he takes off his messenger bag. He's probably looking pretty uh, overloaded and sets his big bag down. Says, uh, well, I guess it is late, but I probably should look through this a little bit. There is uh, another one there. He gestures to the third book in the series. If you have any interest in taking a look at one, see if there's anything of interest in here. But otherwise... Um, the, uh, the couch is pretty comfy, or uh, we could pick up a folding cot somewhere or something. Uh, the study upstairs, you know, you could rearrange that to your liking. Oh, I'm I'm good with the couch. I'm very familiar with sleeping on my own couch, so it's <laughs> fine. But I'd love to look through this and just get my mind off it. Maybe we could put some of that, um, was that Telemore do that you had in the coffee? Just like, just a little bit, just to take the edge off. Um, yeah, as much as you like, no problem. It's not a bad idea. And so he sits the books down and grabs a couple, well, you want it in the coffee, you say? He says, I'll probably have mine separate, but, uh, can probably fix yours. Well, actually, you're the bartender. You could fix yours, uh, probably better than I can. Yeah, fix your own. Yeah, that I could do. (laughs) So you guys fix yourself up a little Irish coffee. And Heather, you start going through this one book here. Give me an intelligence roll. I get to roll my new dice for real. You guys want to hear how they sound? (laughs) They sound like jingle bells. Jenny has some neat new hollow metal dice. (laughs) Fucking awful. 92. (laughs) Ooh, that is pretty bad. I told you I rolled all the good ones practicing. Damn it. (laughs) So you're going through this book and... You know, the Latin you're not getting and the formula for the lines and stuff, you're not quite understanding how they're supposed to form. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're having a little bit of difficulty here. Do you want to push the roll? Absolutely, I do. Okay. (laughs) Be cool, guys. It's kind of a scary number, 66. That should be lower than your intelligence. Oh, yeah, I have 85. So, Heather, you're starting to pick up some of this stuff. It takes you a little bit of time, but you're starting to understand how it correlates to, like, the box that Walter's doing. Mm -hmm. And as you're going through this book here, uh, you see an entry on the side in uh, in the margin says something about the serpent folk being masters of poison. It talks about a carotid toxin, a rare poison that causes a slow degeneration of the carotid arteries. Jesus. Causing massive internal bleeding and an almost inevitable death. Oh, no. Like melts your insides? Basically, melts your veins or arteries, rather. I definitely... Start. I start yelling to Walter, like, Walter, I don't, have you seen this? I mean, I'm finding some more snake stuff and it's pretty gruesome. Uh, no, um, I haven't looked at that book yet. Let me take a closer look. And he marks his place in the book he was just reading and goes over to her side, takes a closer look. Um, 
does it mention anything about how long it takes to, um, you know, uh, act or how long it takes to affect the victim? The poison takes effect in five to 10 days. Hmm. Well, that's pretty troubling. Is that what Lenny was injected with? What if it's the same snake needle? Walter looks very worried when you say that. He says, uh, I, I hope not. I mean, it sounded more like it was similar to a truth serum, but one of the people I set up a meeting with uh, tomorrow, I think, actually is going to analyze what remains in there. Gosh, uh, I'll be certain to mention that to him. And uh, he actually takes out his book and writes some further notes. Okay, so you write some of that stuff down there. It goes on to say in the liner notes, not only that they are masters of poison, but masters of disguise. Hmm. Well, that certainly fits. I wonder, um, is any of the Latin writing on this page relative to these notes? Or does it look like the notes are just maybe thoughts from other pages that just happen to have some space on this page? I mean, uh, can Walter try to deduce that perhaps? Let's see if you can make an intelligence roll. Going to have to be an extreme one. He does also have Latin. That's what makes the roll possible. Hmm. Jenny, I'm going to go with you on this one. Should I use the green or the yellow of the new die? Let me see him. Hold him up for the class. Nothing too special. Yellow. But yellow it is. I like yellow a lot. Seems fitting. Ooh, 87 is nowhere near an extreme pass. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's good. Well, nothing much there, but uh, damn, that's uh, even more worrisome. So they can... Like shapeshift. Yeah, actually, more specifically about that. You said Masters of Disguise. Does it say like with tools or manipulation of the other things? Or It goes on to describe a ritual in which a caster of magic actually consumes another person, uh, literally by eating them. What? And can then take their form (gasps) that can be seen by anybody. Seen by anybody, seen by any camera. They sound like the person as well. So he's like reading that out loud at first, and as it gets to that part, he just like stops and... You can tell he focuses for a moment and he's like, am I really reading this? I would imagine Walter looks a little shook at this point. He probably looks back at you without saying a word and looks to see if you're reading this also. Yeah, definitely. Probably grab your arm. You know, we're probably right next to each other reading it and be like, yeah, right. remember Lenny said it was like a doctor was the snake guy, but it wasn't. It was his boss. Are these all the same thing? Well, I mean, it sounded like he was kind of uh, not in the right state of mind. So honestly, (laughs) I wasn't sure how much of that was real or perceived. I had hoped that meeting with this Mr. Free or Professor Freeman might shed some uh, light on that. If he can, you know, figure out what's in this vial, maybe we'd have some more answers to that. But I mean, gosh, he lets out a, a worried sigh. This is honestly leaving me with more questions than answers. I just feel weird because, I mean, it sounded like crazy talk, but we've watched Lenny not believe something that he actually saw. So if he's saying it... So many times. I feel like I have to believe it, especially after all this. Look, I I don't know what I saw. (laughs) I've never been more excited for you to have a meeting with your book club. (laughs) Yeah, I guess me either. And he looks at the clock and with that says, uh, you know, maybe I should actually get some sleep. Yep, it's it's coming up on about 11 now. Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to mark this page. Uh, we'll definitely want to reference this later. All right, you guys uh, just end it there, head, head to bed. Uh, Heather, you curl up on the couch. Walter, you go up to your room. Oh, wait a minute, though. Wait, I'm sorry. On the way up the steps, I remember about those creepsters out front, and I take a look to see if they're still out there with the engine running and all that. Yes, they are. Oh. Damn. I don't mention anything to Heather, just to not disturb her anymore. Sounds like she's had a pretty stressful day. 
But um, I definitely uh, drink more when you go upstairs. I'll do it right in front of you. But I just want to get <laughs> I just want to get so drunk that I just pass out. He totally gave you the impression that it was fine to drink as much as you'd like. <laughs> Don't have to tell me twice. Mm-mm. <laughs> All right, so Heather, you just throw back a couple shots, get a little woozy, and uh, go to sleep on the couch. Walter, you finish your trip up the stairs. Good bed. Uh, I'd just like to add to you that he makes sure Heather has any like extra blankets or anything in case it gets cold down there. Okay. You make sure she's cozy. Mm-hmm. And then he finally goes to bed. <laughs> All right. So both of you wind up falling asleep uh, pretty easily, uh, given the circumstances. One hell of a day, jeez. Lenny, you're on a bunch of painkillers and stuff. Yeah. Still, and uh, so you're having a pretty good night's sleep. I put the book under my pillow. Your book goes under your pillow. Um, I figured I wouldn't be too together to do anything with it tonight, but if I woke up early, and I would uh, go from there. All right. So, Lenny, you wake up around four in the morning. That's too early. <laughs> you hear your, your door open. Okay. And you wake up. You see a large gentleman uh, in scrubs. He's got a badge around his neck. Uh-huh. He comes in and says, uh, Hi, Mr. Cobb. Uh, my name's Jeremy. I'm here to uh, kind of move you around a little bit just so you don't get bed sores. We got to do it every time we change a shift. Uh, you know, uh, I might be all right. I mean, I could, I could roll around on my own here. It'd be fine. <laughs> Says Mr. Cobb, uh, this is my job. I just got to do this real quick for you. And he starts approaching you. Okay. I'm watching his hands. Yeah. He moves you a little bit. He adjusts the pulley that you're standing, that you have up there. So after he adjusts the pulley, he says, that feel okay? Yeah. Good. Glad to hear that. He goes back towards the door. And he pulls a pillow out from a cart that he brought in. And he brings it over. And he says, Mr. Khan, uh, can we switch out your pillow for you? I reach under, grab the book. Uh-huh. I'm holding it from the spine, but kind of lean forward. So you have the, your arm under the pillow? Well, I guess so. If, if I reach under to grab the, the book, yes, and I pull it out. I see. Okay, you pull it out, and now you're holding it in your chest or something? Uh, but grabbing it by the, the bottom end of the spine, uh, ready to <laughs> smack him with it if I, can, if I have to. <laughs> I see. So you're holding the book, and you see him start to go towards you with the pillow. Give me a psychology roll first. Alrighty. 59 of 39 will not do it. Okay. So he takes the pillow, and when you think he's about ready to slide it under your head, Mm -hmm. he says, Chucky sends his regards, and then goes to put the pillow over your face. You feel the pillow encase your face, Mm -hmm. and you go to swing with the book. Yeah, I'm going to try to whack him with it a little blindly, I guess. All right, so you're doing it blindly. You're going to have to give me a roll with a penalty die. Okay. Crud for brawl. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a pass. Just regular pass. Oh, wait, with a penalty. With a penalty. Oof, that is not a pass. Ugh. My bad. Okay. So you go to swing, and you're just kind of flailing this thing. Mm-hmm. You feel him push the pillow harder into your face. And you're kind of still strapped up here and everything in the pulley with your leg up. It's difficult for you to move. Yeah. He keeps pressing down. Give me another brawl roll. This time... Uh, maybe instead of swinging at his face, since his arms are attached to my face, um, maybe I'll try to mm-hmm. swing at his arm with the book. Um, maybe get him loosened up. Okay. Again, penalty. you're going to have to do a penalty die. So it's no easier. Nope. Same shit. Damn it. The stupid 70. So you go to swing, and this guy, I'm going to give him a quick strength roll. So a penalty die is like you roll three. You roll an extra 10 dice and And you you got to take take the the higher higher one. Yeah. Whereas with the The bonus die is the opposite. Yeah. So uh, we're going to give him a strength roll. Nurse Jeremy. 
That's an extreme pass. What a dickhead. So, Lenny, give me a constitution roll. Okay. Okay, you want to play rough? It's a pass. It's a pass? Okay. Uh, You're still breathing pretty good, even though he's pressing it down onto your face. Mm Mm-hmm. But he is not letting go. I'm going to try to grab his wrist with my other hand and maybe try to wrench it off. Okay, that's going to be a maneuver. That's going to be a brawl roll again. Uh, This time, since you're just reaching with your hand, no penalty die. A brawl roll. Thirty is nice. It's a pass. Okay. So he's not really fighting, per se, but he's still going to need to uh, give a brawl roll as a fight back. Yeah. Okay. To attempt to hold him there. Yep. Got him. And that's a fail. All right. So you managed to knock his hand away. I get a breath real quick. I got to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a quick breath. Um, can I still be holding him? Can I have tried to hang on to it? You can. Well, he's going to take his turn Yeah. now. Mm-hmm. So he's going to attempt to still keep the pillow in your face. Um, so he's going to do a brawl roll. 73 ain't going to do it. Uh, you can fight back, though. If you fight back successfully, I'm going to say that you get the pillow off yourself. And his hands are off you. Okay. A fight, a successful fight back? A successful fight back. It just has to pass, right? It just has to pass. <laughs> 72 ain't going to do it. I just rolled 73. That's funny. I get these sevens out of the way. So you're struggling with his one hand. Yeah. Uh, trying to hold it away. Uh, he's trying to lean into you with his other hand and keep the pillow on your face. Uh, this is going to be the start of a new round. Lenny, you go first. Um, can I see? You can't see right now. Uh, yeah. The pill is still over your face. Um, I guess, am I still holding his wrist? You're still holding his wrist. Um, in that case, I guess I'm going to try to hit him with the book again. I'm going to still hold on to the wrist if I can possibly. Maybe it'll make it a little easier. But penalty die? Penalty die. It's the third time this landed on a 70. Fail. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Get a different one. All right. So you're trying to fight. He's, he's, uh, you're trying to swing with that book. He is trying to get his hand back on his other hand back on the pillow. Mm-hmm. And a 60 won't do it either. So there's just a lot of struggling. You guys are just struggling, you know, kind of in a lock together right now. Uh, you're trying to swing that book, but it's not hitting anything. Now it is his turn. He's going to try to uh, rest his arm away from your grasp. I heard Nurse Jeremy had exceptionally long arms. I'm about to bite him off. A 10 will do it. Um, that's actually... No, that's not extreme. That's not an extreme pass, but it's a hard pass. Okay. Um, I will fight back by attempting to maintain my grasp. Okay. That's an 18. Also a hard pass. In the case of an attack, when you both have the same level of success, the attacker wins the roll. Right. The attacker. The attacker. So he manages to wrest his other hand away from your grasp and now is pushing with both hands again onto your face. I'm going to give him a strength roll. Uh, He's not... However, I guess you're struggling too much right now. Mm-hmm. So he's not having the easiest time keeping this pillow on your face. We're going to say that you actually can peek out of it a little bit. Oh, does that make it easier to see him smacking with the book? What's a book do? <laughs> a book would do 1d3 plus 1, plus damage bonus. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll give him another whack with the book. Sure, but no, ben- no penalty die this time. Okay. That is a 10 even. That's an extreme. That's an extreme pass. Let's see if he can beat an extreme pass. 
And of course he doesn't. So that's automatic max damage. Oh, neat. Um, which was, what was the book again? A D3? Plus, plus one. Plus damage bonus? Which is four. So that's a good eight points of damage. Damn. Is that right? Yeah, my damage is D4. So yeah, it's uh, three to three to eight. Ooh, okay. Did you knock his eyeball out with like the corner of the book or something? Jesus. I'm going to say that you swing this and you hit him right in that button that knocks him out. He has a major wound now. Four Ooh, points. Temple shot, maybe? Oh, automatic max. Oh. It's automatic max. Right. It's eight hit points of damage, oh, which is a major wound. So you hit this guy really square in the jaw and he falls over and his head hits the floor. And you just hear a crack, and he's just down for the count, it looks like. That sounds good to me. Um, I really can't move much, right? No, you can't. Yeah, he uh, slipped. Press the nurse button. <laughs> press the nurse call button. Okay, you press the nurse call button. Yes, what can I do for you? Uh, we just had um, a little accident here in my room. Oh, sir, do you need someone to clean you up? Somebody who snuck into the hospital is unconscious on the floor. Oh, my goodness. Uh, let me send security your way. And uh, within within a minute, you see security come through the door. And they go, who the hell's this guy? They pick up his badge. It says uh, Jeremy Watkins. They pick up the walkie-talkie and they press the button and they call someone and they go, is the, does it Jeremy Watkins work here? And you hear back over the, over the walkie talkie after about 30 seconds, you go, uh, no, no, no one by that name. I don't know. No Watkins. And security grabs the guy on the floor and lifts him up, takes him out of your room. And, uh, I guess that's the last you see of him. Keep my mouth shut, but I'm probably still kind of amped. I don't know, maybe little little hyped up on adrenaline. Yeah, they're not going to sleep now. I'm glad I left you that book. I felt like I was putting you in harm's way, Jeez. leaving that book there. <laughs> Saved his life. <sighs> you guys are really best friends. I, I did just what I've been trying to tell you guys for 33 episodes. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, maybe I don't know. All right, so you successfully have knocked out that thug. Yeah. That thug in scrubs. Unbelievable. I should have expected it, though. He should have been better prepared. How many of these dudes I got I to gotta put down for a few days? We'll see. Oh, it's going to get um, worse. <laughs> oh, man. So, Lenny, we're going to leave you off there. Do you go back to sleep? or No, I think after a little bit, I might just start looking through that book. All right. Figure out what this king in yellow is all about. Okay. Lenny, while you're looking through the book, and you're, I mean, you're probably pretty awake right now. Specifically, I want to look for pages that look like they've been opened a bunch of times, like it creases inside the pages and like along the spine, you know, where it would like kind of separate if they're split at the same spot often. I got what you're saying. I know it's old, but let's see what this guy was like mostly focused on. So, Lenny, as you're going through this book, you see some pages that are look like they've been open to a bunch. One of them has mention of a ritual to make a symbol that maybe Heather has described to you before. Is there any um, stationery or anything around my, my hospital bed or any, even like a paper placemat or something I could rip apart just to mark the pages? Yeah, we'll say that there's a, a notepad on your nightstand next to the bed. I'll make some notes and mark pages. Uh, not in the book, but in the notepad if I can. Okay. When you go through the book some more, you see one of those spots where the pages have been obviously used a lot. Mm -hmm. The way that it describes itself looks like it's some sort of ritual, some sort of spell or something like that. But it's called The King's Puppet. To say anything about what the king's puppet does or what the king's puppet is? It says that the king's puppet gives domination over a subject remotely. 
yeah. for varying amounts of time, depending on how much of yourself you put into it. Hmm. You have to make contact with the person, and then there's a and then there's a bunch of text there that is very strange sounding words must be phonetically spelled out. Uh-huh. It says you have to chant these words, then make contact with the person and uh, put some of your own essence into it. I see. Maybe this is what uh what this guy thought he was feeding. I'll mark that page for her as well and then you know, make a little note in the loose piece of paper feeding it question mark. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lenny. So you go through these books. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping one eye on that door. You know what I mean? Just uh, I want to stay awake and alert now. Sitting up. Right, right. So you go through this book a little bit more. You don't see any more of these uh, spells, rituals, or anything. Most of the rest of it just looks like a play mm-hmm. with uh, some explanations or positings on what the play could mean on the opposite page. All right, well, I'll read through that, I guess. All right, Lenny, while you're reading through it, give me a power roll. Oh, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> How much you putting in, Lenny? I ain't putting nothing in nothing. I ain't saying no phonetic words. No, don't draw it either. I failed it. 62. All right. You start to feel almost pulled into this script. The words start to flow into your mind and you feel them going through the creases in your brain. Give me a sanity roll. (laughs) Right into them creases. 70. Not going to happen. All right. So, Lenny, you are going to lose Uh the rest of your sanity. You're going to lose two points of sanity, and you pass out. All right. I must have been tired. Sleepy. You're sleepy anyway. You're sleepy. So so, so sleepy. Yeah. You basically faint. You pass out. (sighs) All right. So now it is Tuesday morning. And Heather and Walter, what are you doing? Uh, well, I mean, if I'm going to meet with uh, Willis Freeman before my job begins, I'm going to have to get out of here pretty early. I said try to leave the house by like nine. Okay. Heather, what are you doing? I'll probably wake up like halfway when he's getting up, walks down the steps. I'm sure Walter like makes coffee and stuff. Right. So, Walter, you go over to Willis Freeman. Heather, do you go with him? No. No? What do you do? Uh, What do I do? Well, why don't you think about that while we go to Walter and he goes to Willis Freeman. So I'm definitely going to have to bring the books. All right. So, Walter, you get in your Pinto and drive over to University of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Find the building for uh, the sciences. Excellent. You go into the Building of the Sciences, and you see that there is a lot of students in there. It looks like, you know, maybe classes have just changed or something. Pretty bustling right now. Tries to blend in with the youngsters? Not really. (laughs) Impossible. (laughs) Hello, fellow teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But uh, no, I mean, he probably just keeps to himself. Maybe nods to anybody who makes eye contact, but. Okay, do you know where you're going? Well, I assumed I was heading to the Department of uh, Biology, if there was such a thing. But um, I was actually wondering, do I have to check in with any security guards, get like a visitor badge or anything? Or is it kind of open back then? Uh, there is a desk up front. And you obviously stick out from the crowd. I would think so, yeah. And as you're walking around, uh, someone at the front desk goes, uh, sir, can I help you out with something? Uh, well, yes, thank you. And he approaches whomever this was, says, uh, I have a meeting with uh, Professor Freeman and the biology department, but I'm not too familiar with the campus. Oh, Professor Freeman. Yes. And she gives you directions on how to get there. Oh, excellent. You find Professor Freeman's office. You see a wooden door. It's got that kind of textured frosted glass on the front. Mm. 
embossed across it says Willis Freeman, Chair of Biology. It looks like the place, so I give it a rap upon the door. All right. Tick, 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 tick. And you hear from the inside, yeah, come in. And I do so, closing the door behind me. Okay, you close the door behind you. You see Willis Freeman at a desk that must be standard issue because it's obviously way too small for him. Yeah. <laughs> Very tall dude. Has he got it up on blocks or something? <laughs> no, it's just his, you can tell his knees hit the top of the desk when he's sitting behind it. Gotcha. As you walk in, he stands up and goes, ah, uh, Walter. Give him a nod. Well, how can I help you out? Uh, well, I've brought a few things. Uh, I uh, wanted you to uh, take a look at this uh, syringe in particular. I say, uh, do you uh, have a few moments to discuss some of the uh, things I've uh, found recently? Said, sure, sure, sure. Uh, my classes don't start till an hour later, so we'll have plenty of time to talk about this. Well, that's great. Uh, I lay out the first and third book in the Speculum Magus series. Mm-hmm. I say, uh, I found a, a few things and uh, I'm a little more than just a tiny bit worried. The, uh, the syringe here was given to me by a friend who has uh, shared some pretty troubling insight. Insight which I fear might have something to do with these... Uh, Serpent people mentioned in the notes. Uh, gosh, I can't think of the name. The Ophidians, was it? It's the Ophidians. Okay. He says, uh, where should we begin, I guess? Because, well, let's start with what's in this needle here. And he pulls the plunger out the back of it, and he takes a Q-tip, and he goes in, swabs around the inside of it. Oh, smart. I wouldn't probably have thought of that. Takes it out and he goes to put it under a microscope that's in his office. And he zooms in a little bit and goes, huh, definitely some sort of a plant cell. Hmm. Well, uh, there's something else uh, in the, uh, the first book. Look what a friend of mine found in the uh, index. And uh, he points out the similar plant parts that are in this smudge of whatever leftover residue. This is uh, anything similar to this, perhaps? Uh, I don't know how this got into the book, but... Give me a psychology roll. Pointed out some similarities. Oh, man. Oh, 33 won't do it. Okay, so Willis takes a look at your book with the index little smudge in the corner. He looks at it and goes, well, they're a similar color, but... I mean, aside from that, I mean, there's no real way to look at this since it's been so absorbed into the pages. In your professional opinion, would you guesstimate how long this smudge has been in the book? Goes, uh, you know, it's really tough to tell, just given a look at it here. Could have been there for years, could have been there for weeks, honestly. Well, I suppose... Maybe the root of my question is, did our late Raymond Tooley put this here, or was it there much longer than he had owned it? But if we can't tell, I guess we can't tell. Give me a psychology roll. This will count as a push roll. Even worse, 81. Ooh. Willis says to you, you know, Raymond was kind of a neat freak. I doubt that he would have gotten anything on these books, Hmm. Uh, except, of course, for some of the highlighting. Well, that's helpful. The uh, I guess the other thing about this syringe that I had wondered, and this is really what troubles me, and he points out the corrosive business. Is there any way you can tell if this is what my friend was injected with? He says, well, with the small sample that we have, I can't run too many tests on it. I'll be able to run maybe just maybe one test, any sort of you know venomous matchup. But other than that, I'm not sure what to do with this. Well, if we were to identify this as a similar compound, I mean, we could at least let his doctors know. He kind of shrugs. He's, I, I don't know much about biology, but 
you know, I'm concerned that if my friend was injected with this and it is in fact some sort of corrosive poison, perhaps he has not uh, succumbed to the effects yet, but I mean, they, they could be lingering. He says to you, well, if that's the case, I feel sorry for your friend. I don't know if there's any kind of cure for it. Well, shit. Um, I mean, he uh, he pulls out his little book and uh, he mentions or he references some of the notes that he took. Uh, he says, "Well, I mean, from what he told me originally, and he kind of reads it out loud, I was under the impression that it was more of like a truth serum or something. I suppose uh, if you are able to analyze it, you know, maybe uh, in your professional opinion, you could uh, determine which it's more likely to be." Well, he says, uh, given the fact that it's plant-based you know it's it's tough to tell well we could always take it to the lab real quick he invites you to come to one of the labs with him i do i grab the books and uh follow him out and he takes you into what looks like an empty classroom along the wall by the windows you see that it is lined with cages and there are a bunch of rats in there. Oh. So he goes over to one of the cages and he goes, let's see what effect this has on one of these rats. Walter looks a little surprised. He wasn't expecting that. And he goes and he takes the tiny little sample, picks up a rat and kind of jams it in his mouth, mm. swabs it around in there and puts the rat down. After about two seconds, the rat starts pacing back and forth in its cage then starts running in circles. You see its eyes get real big, and it cowers in the corner. What the hell? That that doesn't seem very normal, right? He goes, yeah, no, that's really weird. He says it must mess with the central nervous system in some sort of way. He kind of like gets eye to eye with the rat and taps on the side of the aquarium. The rat starts to try to climb out of the cage as soon as you tap on the side of it. He's like, whoa. He kind of stands up, jumps back. Away from you, though, not not towards you. No, but it probably still startles him just because he wasn't I really expecting it. So, Wills Freeman says, uh, well, this is pretty interesting here. Again, I wish we just had more of this so we could run you know, more tests on it. This is, well, uh, I mean... You're welcome to keep the syringe. I don't really have any use for it, but uh, this is kind of troubling, right? I mean, what? What? I I didn't really think that these uh, ophidians, honestly, were necessarily here already. But if some of these things that my friend says are true, I mean, could they have been living amongst us for who knows how long? Professor Brightly assures us that they're not here yet but that they should be coming soon. That's why we have to do this ritual. He says, but um, this passage here, look what Raymond wrote about their ability to disguise themselves. And uh, he reads some of the more troubling things out about like swallowing people whole and assuming their identity and things like that. He looks to him like, "Uh, can you confirm? I mean, this is Raymond's handwriting, right? Says, yeah, it is. Um, And... I will tell you that this is something that I've heard of before, but this is the first time, you know, I'm seeing that Raymond wrote about it. Uh, do you think this is something we should mention to Brightly? I mean, if these guys already have the jump on us, again, I don't know much about this ritual, but I mean, what if what if we're already too late or uh, I guess not really knowing what the goal is, I'm at a little loss here. He says to you, well... The ritual itself is supposed to show us where the Ophidians are hiding. They've been hiding and sleeping for quite some time. Let's hope you're right about that. Uh, He looks at the clock and says, uh, well, I know you got to get ready for a class. And there's still uh, a few more of these books that I need to, to work through. But I guess you can imagine I'm a little troubled by this. Says, yeah, I I would be troubled too in your situation, but your friend, did he have any real proof of these snake people that he said he saw? Well, that's the part that is only kind of becoming clear. I guess at first I was a bit more skeptical, but 
more of the things he mentioned started to uh, look like they were actual things happening. The needle and, uh, I mean, admittedly, he did say he was hallucinating from whatever the effects of this uh, compound are. And he kind of gestures back to the um, syringe. When you say that, he goes, huh, that explains it then. Must be some sort of hallucinogen. And he looks at the looks at the mouse and he goes, poor buddy, he's having a bad trip. <laughs> he chuckles a little bit at that. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Well, I guess um, don't uh, don't let your guard down. I mean, I guess there'd be no reason for the Ophidians to suspect that we're on to them. Kind of scratches his head, but I guess that's no reason to uh, get relaxed at this point. He says to you, yeah, you know, I'll remain vigilant. We just have to stick together until we do this ritual at the end of the month, which will help us rid the earth of this vile threat to humanity. Uh, that's an interesting way of putting it. Um, if Forgive me if this is offensive, but are you much of a combatant? He says to you, well, if we can get them while they're in their slumber, which is a deep, deep magical slumber. Oh, interesting. If we can get them while they're asleep, it would actually be fairly easy to take them out. Yeah, like let's. Uh, I guess let's hope for that then. And uh, I think Walter would probably look a little unsure at this point, not only because of his supposed plan, but also, you know, his use of the word magic so casually and stuff. He seems. He seems very naive. You don't seem to know what's going on, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what Walter is picking up on, too. Is well, he's hiding something. Well, that I don't think Walter is picking up on, but... No. I think Walter's more of the impression that these guys are way less informed than he thought. Or at least uh, Freeman appears to be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Walter is kind of a little worried in that more like backup slowly kind of sense. Okay. Yeah, they were treating you like you were like a dunce. Um, they're the dumb ones. I don't even know. Yeah, it's like, oh man, you guys are more in the dark than I am, is what he's thinking. He doesn't say that out loud, but. Right. He goes, uh, well, is there anything else you want me to check out there, Walter? Uh, you know, I, I got some papers to grade. I'm going to head back to my office. Uh, no, uh, thank you for all your time so far. I, it was very kind of you. Uh, Willis, is it okay to call you by first name? He says, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Willis is fine. He chuckles a little bit, try to break the tension. He, he laughs a little bit, too. Well, uh, yeah, again, uh, thanks, and uh, you, you have my numbers. If anything uh, interesting or you think that I should know comes up, uh, don't hesitate. He says, no, I won't. Uh, I'm going to head back to my office, and uh, we'll keep in touch. He nods. Says, uh, thanks again. Heads on out. All right, so you leave. Do you just leave the campus? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't really want to dig too much deeper, especially since I don't really have too much uh, solid evidence to really take to Brightly. So, I mean, that would be the only other thing I would do here, I think. But I think I'm try to I'm going to try to get to work early and uh, spend any time that I get there before I'm supposed to clock in uh, pouring through these books a little bit more. Maybe the third one in particular, since it seems to mention something that concerns him about Lenny. How early do you go to work? Uh, it's not even 10 yet. Uh, I mean, then, yeah, it's probably fine. Uh, you might get uh, like an egg and cheese sandwich and uh, head into work. All right. So you can get to work by 10. Sounds good. So Walter, you get to work 10 o'clock or so. Go in and you go to the back with your books. And let's get back to what Heather's doing. Um, I stayed up when he left. It's 10 a.m. Why would she be awake? Just groggy. <laughs> groggy. Not feeling great, but I want to go. Um, Is there any more Telemordula? Yeah, take a swig of that and like spit it out and use it as mouthwash. No, I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm going to call a cab. And I'm going to go see Lenny because I'm worried that someone snuck in there. And I'm also worried that he's going to get hurt because of the book. Oh, I see. And I want to I look outside to see if those that car is still there. You don't see the car there anymore. Cool. So you call a cab. You take the cab over to the hospital. 
I guess I'm not that far. It seemed like I was only like five minutes away from them. I want to have them drive by my apartment first to see if I see Ginger's car. So you drive by your house and you do not see Ginger's car. Is there any cars like right out front of my apartment? Uh, I mean, there's a couple cars out front. Okay. I ask him to stop. Even though I feel crazy. Okay. So I want to see if there's more messages, but I don't want to get murdered. So I'm going to feel if any of the car hoods are warm. Like if someone is, huh? since it's cold out, like if someone recently got yeah. there, I feel like everything would be icy because it's cold. Yeah. So all the car hoods are cold when you touch them. Okay. I'm going to go in, but I make the cab wait for me. Keep the meter running, bud. All right. So you head into your apartment, go up the stairs to your door, Mm -hmm. slide in the key, open it up. And when you walk in, you see that your apartment is completely trashed. Okay. Um, Like everything's knocked over on the floor. All the cabinets are open. Dishes are on the floor. Not my fine china. (laughs) (laughs) When you say the dishes are on the floor, do you mean like neatly placed there? (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, oh, it looks looks like Ginger rearranged things. Cool. Um, (laughs) Can I see from like not going fully, fully in, just like a little bit in the door? Can I see if like the light on the answering machine is blinking? The light on the answer machine is not blinking. All right, I just book it back out. I just... All right. Nothing to see here. <laughs> There's a lock the door. Oh, my God, somebody had a party. See ya. <laughs> Good thing I don't live here. <laughs> oh, what a scumbag. So you hop in the cab and you go to visit Lenny in the hospital? Yeah. All right. You go in there. They direct you to Lenny's room. And you see Lenny there. And he is doing what right now? He's not sleeping anymore, I don't think. Would I be awake again? I would say probably just waking up. Is there like a TV or anything? I don't know. Maybe just staring out the window, thinking about my insanity. (laughs) Very one flew over the cuckoo's nest there. I got a hit point back for last night, right? Yes, you do. Okay. Everyone gets back a hit point if you're missing any. I'm only at minus six now. (laughs) All right, so... Heather, you come into the room. You see Lenny there, still with his leg up. He's got the book in his lap. Looks like he was uh, maybe going through it at some point. I'm just kind of staring off, but I noticed you come in. Okay. Oh, uh, hey there, Heather. Lenny, so you made it through the night. No snake doctors, like trying to lighten the mood. Yeah, you know, uh, I guess I got lucky um, the last time the old snake doctor, he came at me, he... um, well, he had to get drug off. He was unconscious at the time. Oh, oh my God. So something really happened? I was just getting around. <laughs> that was the other day. But yeah, a very similar thing happened this morning, I guess. Oh my God. We have to get you out of here. Yeah, I mean, there's really nowhere I can go. I'm, I'm not too bad here, I guess. You could stay with me and Walter. <laughs> I was like, upgrade my cast to something with Walter. He probably got plaster. But, uh... I can't go back to I can't go back to my street. That's for sure. They're probably watching us here. You probably shouldn't be here either. Well, it doesn't matter. I can't go home. I think uh, the director destroyed my house. What do you mean? Why would the? Because uh... I stole the book. Is he looking for this? Yeah. What'd your roommate say? Oh, she left a message that I heard yesterday after we left here, and she was just like crying that they need the book back. If, yeah, but if so, if he went and tossed your apartment, how were, how was he holding them all in that church? I don't know if he did it or if he sent somebody. I don't know. I'm just they're all still there. Oh, uh, it's a little wild. Yeah, probably probably shouldn't go back there neither. We should just go to Alaska. Probably should. Give me a few more days at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, I made some notes. Here's your book. Uh, there's a couple. Weird things that stand out about like controlling people and uh, putting a bit of yourself into whatever the fuck. Oh, you could understand it. I don't know. I mean, oh, don't read that play. It's it's real goofy. You gonna get dizzy and pass out. It sounds like what happened with the symbol for you. <laughs> you didn't happen to find like the spell he put on me to I don't know 
feed the demon and take the curse off of me or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, I, uh, I don't know. It just said something about creating a symbol. And uh, if you were just seeing it is what caused it, then I guess that's what that is. Okay. Uh, mass hysteria, I say. There's no way this could be real. Here, let me say I grabbed the book and his notes. So when you grab the book, the phone in your room rings. Lenny? Uh, I guess I'll take that. Hand out to me there with the. <laughs> <laughs> I hand him the phone. Hello. Uh, hey there, Lenny. Christ. <laughs> hey, you're up and awake, huh? Yeah, that's right. So, how was your night last night, huh? This fucking guy. I didn't get a whole lot of rest, I guess. Uh, but I learned, uh, learned a thing or two about you. Oh, oh, you know all about me, don't you there, Lenny? Well, listen up, <laughs> fuckface. You ain't gonna know nothing when your brain goes dead. You think the guy with the pillow was the only thing that we had coming at you? We got more coming for you, buddy. You ain't leaving that hospital alive. Oh, uh, no. And then it, you hear him hang up. Can I hear it through the receiver? You know, like old school phones, how they, people yelled. You could like... Yeah, you could probably hear some of it. You could hear someone talking really loud. Hear the tone and inflection. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. <laughs> I thought uh, I would have a little extra time, but uh, Heather, you might want to uh, start moving. Just uh, get to another part of the hospital before you leave. You know, that might have been like a heads up on what's about to come. Wait, I can't leave you here. What, what are you going to do? All right, well, then disconnect my leg if you can. I gotta. <laughs> I, think, I think I got to try to get out of here. Oh, okay. I thought you. Okay, for a second, I thought you were like, take your leg off. I was like, <laughs> Cue that getaway music. <laughs> All right. All right, so Heather, do you take his leg off the sling? Yeah. All right. So, Lenny, you are now out of traction. Well, not traction, traction, but your, your leg is out of the sling. You have the cast. You don't have any crutches, however. Do I have any IVs in me or anything? Do I? Is there like one of them rolling IV stands? You do have an IV in you. Uh, it's hooked up to a bag. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, can I try to put some weight on that and use it as like a, you know like a a walking stick for the moment and try to just keep my leg up and hop? Oh yeah, absolutely, you can. Um, until hopefully maybe find a chair or something in the hallway. Okay. So you hobble and hop out to the hallway. Heather, go on ahead there. You know, if we're not sitting together, it's probably for the better. All right. If there's a desk on that floor, I just ask them if they have a crutch. They say, oh, yeah, sure. And they bring you a crutch. Cool. Then I run it down to Lenny. All right. Lenny, you now have a crutch. Now get out of here. Thanks. (laughs) My best friend. (laughs) Pull the IV out then. All right, so you pull out the IV. Looks like you're getting out of there. And that's where we're going to end the episode. Mm. Damn. So good with the cliffhangers. I don't even think we're at a point where it could be a cliffhanger and then you you do it. And then I'm like, (laughs) That's how he gets you. It is how he gets you. I'm Night Shyamalan. That's how he gets you. So, guys, um, I got to mention something. Uh, A couple episodes ago, we did the chase sequence with uh, Lenny and what was presumably Skinny Joey, or was it Skinny Joey? And I just got to apologize because I really beefed up the chase sequence rules. They're kind of hard to follow, but we'll get it right next time, I promise. Promise. You can take that to the bank. Yeah. So thanks, listeners, for putting up with our shit. Thank you. So I want to thank our listeners. want to thank our Patreon supporters. If you choose to support us at the investigator level, you get a neat little enamel pin. Pretty cool. No matter which level you donate at, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Hell yeah. All right. So thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, sanity is overrated. They thought you dutied yourself when you asked for help. Yeah, I figured when I said there was an accident. I had an accident. They need new pants. Uh Uh-oh, he might have dutied himself. I'm not sure. Maybe cryptid pants. Cryptid pants run in and change themselves onto you. Oh, no. Get them off. (laughs) I can't move my leg. 
here they're helpful. Everybody thinks they're bad, but it's really they're good. They just like help people that poop themselves and they run through your yard and then they put themselves on your body. I don't know if they're good or bad. (laughs) And then now you don't have duty on your body anymore. Duty. (laughs) That's what it's grown up say, George. I'm an adult. (laughs) Hey, this is George. Just a quick reminder to like, follow, and review us if you like what you're hearing. And if you want to support us and make our show better, head on over to our Patreon. You can always email us at contact at thatcthulujohn.com with any comments. And you can follow us on Instagram at thatcthulujohn.com. 